you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Well, good morning. Well, welcome to Compassion Church. Amen. It's a good day to be a house of the Lord. His spirit's here. We're glad that you're here today. If you're a first-time guest, welcome. Hopefully, welcome home. As you see, we're not without flaws. We just love Jesus, and we're a little crazy. Amen? Amen. So, I hope everybody had a great, fantastic Thanksgiving day. I'm, I'm, I hope you did. I hope it was great for you. How many people here are going to be honest and say, man, I may have ate just a little too much? Anybody in here? How many people are going to be truthful and say, man, I may have wore some elastic pants sometime during this weekend, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, I see. I definitely see that, man. It was a good time with family and with friends and to be thankful for what God has done for us. Over this last month, we've been preaching and talking about a sermon series called Return to Sinner. Cinder. And returning to God what is his. Um, when you came in, there was two cards in your seat. One looked like this. It was green. It said, return to sender. And we we're going to continue to challenge you that if you didn't jump in on God's guarantee, which if you wasn't here, what that means is what we're believing, we want you to come in agreement with the church and say, and with God's word and say, you know what? I'm going to tithe for the 90 days. I'm going to tithe for 90 days. And here's what we say as a church. We believe in God's word being truth. Amen. Here's what we believe in Malachi. He tells us that, you know what? If you'll be faithful, you'll tithe and bring it to a storehouse. He'll pour out the blessings on you. If you'll take this stance today and you'll say, hey, I'm going to fill this out. Maybe you didn't fill it out in the last couple of weeks. You'll fill it out. Drop it off the next step desk. And in, nine, in the next 90 days, if you don't see a blessing in your life, we're going to return all the money that you gave. Because we believe God's word is truth. He will not lie. And he will not let you down. It's not a gimmick, it's his word. This is us taking a step of faith. Many people have a problem. Many people struggle in the area of faith when it comes to our finances. Because that's one thing that we feel like we can control. Owe me or amen? It's owe me. Uh, that's, I know, I know. The second card that you came into sitting in your seat had five, list five names. Well, we're believing today. We're believing you're going to put down some names that you're going to invite to our Christmas services. And we're, we're praying for them, for you and with you. We're praying for them. What we want you to do sometime during the service is fill out these five names. And we're going to ask you to take them to the next step desk. And what we're doing with these is you'll see a tree out there right across from that little snow globe that you can take pictures of. And we're praying over these every day. We're believing with you. And as you pass by them, you stand in agreement and stand in faith with other people that have their cards on there. Amen? Because we are a family together. So as we finish up the Thanksgiving weekend, I began reflecting about some about life and about my childhood. And, and I just started to remember, I come from a rather large family on my dad's side. We're, we're pretty a large family. Not very many, many houses could hold us. Matter of fact, many times when I was a kid, they would send us outside. And they were like, you're going to go outside. And we'd come in going, it's cold. They were like, I'll show you cold. I walked 10 feet in that snow, right? You ever heard that one? Maybe it's just me. But we would, you know, frostbite would set in. We would, you know, not that extreme. But, but they would send us back out all the time. And then we came to a place where they said, hey, we're going to rent a place. And I remember when we began renting this place, it was, I'm telling you, like 150, 180 chairs and tables set up for everybody in the family. It's a large family. And I remember it as I'm thinking through the years, how loud it was in there. Loud of laughter. 
loud of memories and people telling stories. And I remember how loud it was because we just a loud family. I'm just telling you, if you've been around me for a couple minutes, I'm loud. That's just how it is in my family. We're all just loud. We enjoy life. But as the years continued to pass by, I started noticing something. Chairs were missing people. Whether there was schedule conflicts, whether it was internal family conflicts, whether there was jobs, whether, whether it just couldn't come in, their chair was there, still at the table. They had a place, but the chair was missing the person. Today, we're going to spend a few minutes talking about Luke 15, and, and I, I was thinking about this, and I thought, what a great, I know this isn't a, a, a financial uh, sermon, if you will, but this return to sender, returning to God. And in Luke 15, Luke 15, 1, I want to set it up for you. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, some interpretations say grumbled, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Father, I pray today that you would just place in our heart your word. You'd make it come alive. No matter what's going on before we came to service or after service, Lord, we'll be present in your presence because your, your Holy Spirit's here. And I pray that you would awaken our hearts and awaken our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. So knowing the religious people, Jesus knew those religious people, and he knew they were grumbling. And so he starts off with a first parable. He starts off with the story of the lost sheep. And if you're not familiar, go back and look at Luke 15. Uh, go read that whole chapter. It's worth reading multiple times. But Jesus begins to tell the story of the lost sheep. And the shepherd had 100 sheep, and one of them is lost. The shepherd leaves the 99 to go after that one. I don't know about you, but this story makes me think, why did that shepherd lead the 99 to go over the one? He got 99. Oh, well, there's just one, right? There's just one. What if the shepherd is, is looking for that one lost sheep that clearly ran away? It's a bad sheep, you know? He's living a sheepish life out there on the streets. Then what if that shepherd goes to look for that one sheep and he runs into a bear or a wolf? I'm just thinking, I, my mind works this way. Here's what I'm saying. If it's me and I'm the shepherd, that sheep better be fast or it's going to be lamb chops for somebody. I'm like, I'm hustling. But that's not what the father said. Luke 15, 7 says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Second story he tells us, is he tells us about a lady who has 10 silver coins and she loses one of those lost coins. And if you go read that story, it says that she, she lit a lamp. So it means that she was looking at nighttime. She was looking diligently because she didn't have all the fun lights that we have. She lit a lamp and looked after that. She sweeps and looks after for this one coin diligently. I'm just thinking, maybe you're different than me, but if it's me, I'm thinking, ah, I'll find it later after I've been looking for a while. Anyone ever had to do that? Anybody feel me? Oh, I'll go find something later. Matter of fact, I'll just give up. I may even go buy one later. I'll just go buy, I'll replace it. But she searches carefully for it until she finds it. She doesn't give up. And Luke 15, 10 says, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. 
the father didn't give up. The third story that we're going to spend time is about the prodigal son. And I want to spend a little bit of time with the prodigal son. And it says in Luke 15, 11, it says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. See, this parable right here, when Jesus begins to tell it, if you notice, it drastically changes. Why does it drastically change? It's because the coin and the sheep were lost. The son decided to leave. See, the difference in this is that in that day and time in the Old Testament, basically that young son was saying to his dad, I wish you were dead. Because in the Jewish history and Jewish ancestry, they, they did not receive their inheritance till the father passed away. So that's what the son was saying. I wish you would die. I'm going to choose to leave. See, many, many times we are like the prodigal. We don't want to be under the authority of the father, but we want the benefits and blessings of the father. Many times we want to choose the parts of the Bible to follow and adopt to our life and in our heart, setting up to become a prodigal because we're setting ourselves up to be the king of our own heart, the authority of our own life. So then we look at Luke 15, 13 through 18, and I'm just going to paraphrase this. Go back and read it. It's worth your reading. It tells us that that young son, that younger son got his inheritance and he left. He decided, I'm going to go. He got his stuff together. He knows best and he heads out for a distant country. He didn't even stay in the country that his father was in. He went to a distant country to get away. At that point in time, he loses all of his inheritance in wild living. He got crazy with it. Then there's a famine in the country. Things have become really bad for the young son. Think about this. There was a time that that young son probably could have snapped his fingers and had the finest of everything. He lived in the best place. He sat at the best table. He had servants, but now he choose, chose to go his own way. He became a servant from a citizen of another country. And he takes a job before he didn't have to work because his father's inheritance was coming to him. And now he has to take a job and he takes the lowest, lowest of low jobs. And that was working with the pigs, the swine, feeding them. He got, it got so bad for him that he said, I just wish somebody would give me what the pigs eat because I'm hungry. And no one would give it to him. Can we just have some real talk for just a minute? He brought this on himself. That's what I would say. If it's me, he better be glad I'm not his Jesus or shepherd, right? I mean, like, you brought that on yourself. Eat some more pig swine, you know? Get some slop. Don't judge me. He left his home. Some of us would probably say he created his own chaos. This is the treatment. This is what he gets. This is what he deserves. Have you ever thought that in your life about someone or maybe even about yourself? Well, he or she shouldn't have blank. You fill it in. Betrayed me, hurt me, disappointed me, got offended, talked about me, spread rumors, cheated, lied, left me, burnt me, burnt bridges. You fill in all of anything you want to. Have you ever thought somebody gets what they deserve? 
But that's not what the father said. He said in Luke 15, 20, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. The father was actively looking for the son. The father was checking the horizon every single day. The father was just looking for a silhouette of his son to graze the horizon. He was looking for a shadow. The father was just looking for a simple sign of hope, not knowing if hope was coming, but he had hope his son would return. He actively was looking. Let me tell you today, the father is actively looking for you. Can you relate with the despair that the father might have inside of him? I don't know if you can, but I can. There's tons of, think about this. You have got kids and there's tons of people around and all of a sudden you can't see your kid. That despair that gets inside of you, that, that it reaches into your heart. You're like, where are they? What happened to them? Where are they gone? You reach inside of that despair hits you. But then all of a sudden you see the back of their head and the silhouette and you go, oh, there they are. They're okay. The father hadn't seen that yet. I relate with this father because when my son was young, uh, very young, we were in Oklahoma City at the mall, and, and he, we turned away for just a minute, and he decided to run and hide. But at, immediately what came into our mind is, where is he at? Does someone have him? Will I ever see him again? Did somebody take him? Is there a stranger who took him? All those thoughts that enter in your mind, will we ever start see him again? Where do I start looking? So many questions at that moment from a father about his son. We started calling his name out. Minutes felt like they had turned to hours because he was missing. And then all of a sudden we hear a giggle from the middle of a clothes rack. The first thing we, we did was took him and hugged him. And embraced him because my lost son was found. Then we killed him and started all over again. I'm just kidding. We, did we didn't do that. Y'all haven't seen him, have you? No, I'm just kidding. But that's what, but that's the anguish of a father or a mother. Looking for your child just out on that horizon. Where are they at? Luke 15 and 20 says, it says this, and and was filled, talking about what the father did, and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. He ran to his son with compassion. I want you to know today that the father runs towards the lost sons and daughters. If you don't remember anything else I say today, I want you to understand that, that the father runs towards the lost sons and daughters. In church, Here's what I would say to us today. To have the heart of the Father means that you're running towards the lost sons and daughters of God. If your feet ain't moving towards them, you don't care about them. Luke 15, 21 says this. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Can you identify with that one? With a prodigal son, I'm no longer worthy. I made mistakes in my life. I made those bad decisions. I went on my own way. I deserve to be a servant and no longer a son of yours. But see, that father saw something different. He saw that prodigal, that lost son, that young son. He saw him standing there with torn clothes. 
that barely looked like rags. Because remember, he had been a servant in a pig farm. Rags draped on his skeleton. What used to be a healthy young man. The spark of life that used to be in his young man's eyes, now it's just a barely glimmer of hope in there. Tears of sorrow and a distant glimmer in his face and in his countenance. The stench and the aroma of the pig farm. Because remember, he's in there with them, so he smells like manure. His feet are all torn up because he didn't have shoes on as he was walking home to the Father. We might just say he chose it or he deserves it. But that's not what the Father said, and it's not what the Father did. Luke 15, through 24 says, But the Father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and the put, put it on him. Put on a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He, lo- he was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Out of that scripture, I want us to realize there was three significant things out of that scripture right there. He said, quick, and then he tells him to do three things. And those three things is this. Three significant key components that the father said to that son. Bring the best robe and put it on him. He said, protection. The father was telling the prodigal, and he was telling everybody who observed him that this son was no longer lost. Now his position as a son was being restored. It was immediate demonstration of complete approval, love, and mercy, and protection of the father now over him. The second thing he said in here was put a ring on his finger. That ring on his finger is that of affection and of authority. Even to this very day, when you have affection for someone, a great love for someone, what do you do? You put a ring on their finger. And then that signs a, there's a sign of authority that comes with that. We can see that all through the scripture of how people of authority gave, their, gave it away. We can see it in the Joseph and how Pharaoh gave it to Joseph. We can see Esther in the book of Esther, how King gave it to Mordecai. It, is, it showed the area of authority. He was brought back into the sonship. The third thing he said to do is put sandals on his feet. That was restoration. In that day and time, only servants and slaves went barefooted. So when the father ordered shoes to be placed on his younger son's feet, it was acknowledging full restoration. He was not to be treated as a servant, but as a son with all the entitlements. The father's perspective says in Luke 15, 24, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again, and he was lost and he is found. So then, so they began to celebrate. A celebration took place. If you're sitting here today and you identify with that prodigal son, the father declares when you come back home that you're alive again that you are found and no longer lost. And there's a celebration that happens in heaven. I just read those scriptures to you. When you come back home, when you're the lost son or the prodigal, you return to sonship. When you return back home. To finish out this Luke 15, there's a transition that happens. We go from talking about the lost son to talking about the older son. 
We go talking about the prodigal son who got everything and left home, that younger son to the older son. And I'm just wondering if this, this uh, communication, this, this parable between the, father, uh, between the father and the oldest son even relates to the church as it is now. Because Luke 15, 25 through 30 says that, I'm going to paraphrase it, come back and read it, but he says that he gets upset. He's mad because he hears a celebration. He goes, what is happening? Who is celebrating? Why is there a celebration? And the older son is mad because they say your younger brother comes home. And a celebration's happening. That older brother gets mad. He won't even go inside the house to eat. He pouts. Way to go, other older brothers. The older son lets the dad have it. How dare you? I've been with you all this time. I've been with you all this time. I've worked the fields. I've said, I've done everything that you done. I didn't leave like my brother did. And actually that scripture says, I didn't go squander everything like he did with the prostitutes. I was here. How dare you not celebrate me? How dare you not give me a goat to have with my friends and party with them? Does that sound familiar? I've done everything right. Church. I've done everything right. I can't catch a break. This is just not fair. You ain't going to point at somebody, but just go back to yourself. We've said it all. We've all said it. But that's not what the father said to the oldest son. And if you allow me, I'm saying he didn't, that's not what he said to the oldest son or to the church. Because I believe us as a church needs to listen to what he just, the father is saying to the church, to the oldest son. And it says this, Luke 15, 31 through 32, it says, my son. The father said, you are, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Church, don't become that son or daughter who forgot the purpose of being in the kingdom. Our purpose as a church, our purpose as Christians, our purpose as Jesus followers, our purpose as being in the kingdom isn't just sitting at the king's table waiting, waiting for the benefits and blessings. That's a benefit and blessing of sitting at his table. But our purpose is to run after the prodigals, to bring them back to the king's table. We must have compassion. We must have that compassion of the father. That passionate about running after the lost sons and daughters. We must be compelled to let people know they don't have to settle for table scraps any longer. But they have a seat at the king's table. We get to welcome, church, we get to welcome the prodigals back home and help them find their place at the table. You say, how do we find, help them find their place at the table? It's simple. By all of us who are sitting at the table, inviting them, by having compassion and purposefully running after them and saying, come with me. The invitation is with me. I got your, your seat's next to mine. It hasn't been, you haven't been replaced. It's just empty. Come on. By being involved, this is your church. This is, this is the place God planted you. So let's get involved and help those lost prodigals find their place in a circle of friends or in serving yeah. here. Yeah. 
It's by you not just saying, come to church and I hope you get serving. It's saying, I'm serving, come with me. Discipleship's more than somebody just standing up and lecturing. We're walking together. The prodigal needs you to walk with them if you're at the king's table. The third thing is by doing life together, inviting them to come with you. Come with me. If you'll stand with me. As we begin today, I told you a story about my family and how over the years for our holidays, the chairs became empty, but the chairs were always there. No matter what the invitation was open for them to come back. The chairs next to you are always going to be there. Who's sitting next to you at the table? I want to tell you today that you have a place at the king's table. Your seat is right there. The table is set and the father is waiting for you to come home. If you're the lost prodigal. If you're the younger son, decided to go on your own way. Luke 15 and 20 says this. So he got up. And went to his father. That's all you got to do. Is get up and go to the father. Coming back to the king's table is simply this. Repent of my sins. Ask Jesus into my heart. Believe he's the son of God. And then I'm going to confess him Lord and savior of my life to everyone. It is that simple. If you'd bow your heads with me. Maybe you're that lost son. Maybe you're that prodigal. Maybe you're that younger son. Is there anyone out here that says today, I want to come back home. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ today. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. If anybody in here, I see one hand. Is there anybody else that says, I have two hands. I see three hands. Is there anyone else that says, I'm coming back home. I think I see four hands. Come on, give Jesus some praise today. Put your hands together for Jesus today. We all sit at the table together. So we're all going to pray together because we were lost. We were the younger son. We were the prodigal. So everybody, for the people who just prayed, that raised their hand, let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hang on. Yeah, give the Lord some praise. I I threw a little wrench in there for our our normal way we do things, but here's what I'm going to say to you. Maybe you're the oldest son. You've been sitting at the table and you need that compassion. You need that fire back in your heart for others. Maybe you lost sight of your purpose in the kingdom. I want to pray with you today that that fire gets back inside of you. That your, your seat's at the table, the blessing's at the table, but we need to go get some people to come to the table with us. And you know them. Everybody had this card today. It's in your seat. Everybody grab it for me. If you shoved it in your purse, back of the seat, whatever it is, grab this for me. 
If you gave your life to Jesus today, I want you to take this card too. We're going to start getting the fire back inside of us for lost and the prodigals by praying over this card. I know I didn't give you time to fill out names. Maybe you already have, but I want you to fill out names. We're going to pray over this, and I want you to fill out names and turn this into the next step desk. We're going to continue to pray over those people. And when you get out of here today, they're going to hand you some invite cards at those doors so you can invite them. And I want you to continue to invite them. The Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit draws all men to him. And through our prayers and agreements together, these names on here are going to come. And they're going to find Jesus in their seat at the table. Father, I pray for every individual. I pray that the fire gets back inside of us. I pray right now the fire, the, the, the world's uh, the, the annex, the, day, the devil, the way he does things, no longer will be it, but your fire will be back into us for a heart for others. I pray for these five names that they're writing down. They're going to invite that they can hear the gospel, that they as a prodigal can come back home, that they as a prodigal can keep coming back set at the table and help find their purpose. I pray a fire inside of our bones, inside of our heart, like never before, Jesus. We claim that and we believe that in Jesus' name. And everybody seals it with an amen. amen. Abby's gonna come up and give you, close out some things, important things today. Give God some praise today. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Thank you.